Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast by Mike Myers. Hello, horny babies, and welcome to another brand new episode of Mike Check, the only podcast where two funny little fellas hang out with each other and talk about the movies of Mike Myers just to check if they're still shagadelic baby. Hang on a tick. It's season two, baby. Groovy, baby, yeah. Welcome to Mike Check Season 2, Funnier, Sexier, Cooler. This is the only podcast that goes through the entire exhaustive filmography of Saturday Night Live and its alum just to check if Mike Myers is in those movies. <laughs> We've reached, uh, we've broadened out a little bit here. I'm one of your co-hosts, Cameron James, and I'm sitting opposite a glorious, shining light of comedy that I like to call Alexi Toliopoulos. And I like to be called that at all times, in fact. It's me, Alexi Toliopoulos, and I'm sitting across from a beautiful little glory hole called Cameron James. (laughs) (laughs) Glad to be a glory hole. I'm the middleman between two different people experiencing pleasure. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so exciting to be here on Mike Check Season 2 with you, isn't it, baby? It sure is, baby. Now, what is Mike Sex? Mike Sex? What is Mike Sex? What is Mike Sex? Uh, Mail, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) What is Mike Check Season 2 going to be all about, Lex? Well, Mike Check Season 2, we thought that we wanted to go deeper into the history of the religion we like to call comedy. And what is the pinnacle of that religion, the most important in the history? It's Saturday Night Live. SNL. SNL. Now, Cameron, what is SNL? (laughs) SNL, to me, is show business. And could you elaborate on that historically? What is it? It's a variety show that they film at 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York, New York. The place is so (laughs) nice, they named it twice. Wowza! Yeah. And And who hosts that show? Well, that's the funny thing about SNL. That's the funny thing? (laughs) (laughs) That's the most hilarious thing about the show. Yeah. Is that they don't have a host. They have a rotating Whoa. system of celebrities coming in and out to host Whoa, the show. Whoa, you had me at celebrities coming in and out. <laughs> they also have musical guests. Such as? The Roots. <laughs> Lincoln Park. 
Horn. <laughs> Sean Paul. Shaggy. And musical guest Childish Gambino. Well, that's a funny fact because Childish Gambino was also the host of the same episode. Holy fuckaroli. <laughs> So what we're gonna can be that guy t- do it all? That guy actually can do everything. Wow, that's, that's actually one of the coolest things about Donald Glover is that he can d- freaking do it all. The guy can sing, the guy can dance, the guy can act, the guy can make you laugh, and also he'll make you think. Yeah, he's a Renaissance man, a, a-, a-, a polymath, if you will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what we're going to be talking about in this season of. Uh, Mike check is we're going to go through every single film that was produced by SNL, adapted from an SNL sketch, mm-hmm. or banking on SNL stars. Yeah. And there's some really good shit in there. Obviously, Wayne's World is one of those movies. We've yes. probably... We've covered that enough. We've covered that enough. We, we probably pro- won't. But obviously, we will talk about Wayne's World throughout this whole thing because yeah. it is a cinematic masterpiece. But I mean, we've got some great stuff in here. Um, some of the greatest films... Films of all time fall yes. under this umbrella, and Coneheads. also like, <laughs> spies like us. Yeah. Uh, but also some of the worst films of all time. Oh, big time uh, on this list. I'm going to rattle off just a handful of them. Maybe now. just go through the actual SNL official movies. All right. So this is a list of the films that are strict adaptations from SNL mm. sketches to feature film. Yes. Okay. The strictest rule. This book is in the world. strict, okay? <laughs> I'm very fucking scru- strict. <laughs> You're scrutinized. Shit. Yeah. All of I'm the movies listed on IMDb. That's yeah. where you found it went on yeah. IMDb slash all movies ever. And then you went and just looked at the ones that sounded like SNL movies and yeah. added them to a list. Yeah. So we've got, okay, mm-hmm. the Blues Brothers. Wow, great movie. Can't wait to talk about it on this episode, I hope. Unless this things, very episode. <laughs> unless things we're gonna, take a turn for the stray. We're going to discuss the Blues Brothers. We've got Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. That's the next one. Coneheads. Wayne's World 2. So far, pretty freaking good. Good list of movies Good list so of far. movies. It's Pat. Wow, I've heard of this. Famously, it's the worst movie ever made, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And Currently that's... sitting at 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it grossed $60,000 at the I heard box it grossed 60,000 people out. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, it's Pat. What is that movie if you're not initiated? Because that's a pretty iconic stinker. Well, the character uh, is called Pat. Yeah. And she was played by... Oh, sorry. It was played... Or they. They yeah. were played by you got a Julia woke. Sweeney. Yeah. And the great Julia Sweeney. The great Julia Sweeney, who used to date Quentin Tarantini. <laughs> Sweeney and Tarantini. Yeah. Uh, and Pat was famous. Uh, the, the sketches were about a character that no one knew the gender of. That yeah. was the whole That's it. joke of the character was that, is it a boy or is it a girl? And this movie takes that premise and yeah. stretches it out to a whopping... 100 minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that's going to be great to oh watch when gosh. we finally get to that. Lorne, please have mercy upon thy soul, <laughs> I tell you. We've got uh, Stuart Saves His Family after that, which is an Al Franken movie. Oh, starring I... disgraced Senator Al Franken. <laughs> okay, excellent. That I have no idea anything about. No idea um, about that film. Then we have the second sequel on the list, Blues Brothers 2000. Wow, finally... 
bringing the Blues Brothers into the year 1998. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's my favorite fact about that movie is that it came out two years before the year 2000. Yeah, so preempted a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of crazy shit happens in that movie. Yeah, the Y2K happened in that mm. movie. It correctly predicted the tragic death of John Belushi <laughs> only 15 years after it happened. <laughs> uh, then a night at the Roxbury, which was a big favorite of mine growing up. Mm-hmm. I've actually never seen that movie. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, that one's going to be a fun one. Superstar, which oh, is the Molly Shannon one. That's another one I can't wait to watch. Never I seen love it. Molly Shannon. I love Will Ferrell. And I love that character, Mary Catherine Gallagher from SNL, but I've yet to see the movie. Yeah. Uh, the Ladies' Man, Tim Meadows, one of my faves. Wow. And I also loved that movie a lot growing up. It also has Will Ferrell in it. Great. And I think it might be bad. Yeah, it might be. Tim Meadows <laughs> is bad. And I'm spelling that with eight A's. He's awesome. Yeah, the guy He's rules. He's one of the funniest dudes, I reckon, and one of the best supporting characters in comedy. Yeah. So I'm excited to see him as a leading man. Yeah, dude. Well, you're going to very soon. Also, the last SNL movie produced so far is MacGruber from 2010. Which is one we have already discussed on this podcast. But I think we should do it again. It'd be worth a revisit. Yeah. So they're the official SNL movies, but there's also so many others that go either side of mm-hmm. this. There's... Um, like, I mean, Austin Powers isn't technically an SNL movie, but it has a lot of SNL alum in it. So I'm going to count that. Yeah. Um, we've got, well, we're not going to record another. No, 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 no. (laughs) We probably won't do it again, but there's, there's movies like, uh, vacation, 21st anniversary of Austin Powers coming up. (laughs) Yeah. We should do one every year. (laughs) Um, yeah. Animal house, of course. Animal house, vacation, the Ghostbusters movies. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills cop. There's just, there's so many Zoolander, Anchorman. Basically any movie that John Landis had his little fingers in the 80s that's true and that is going to be the first one that we do in this very fucking episode yes we will be talking about the legendary musical the blues brothers that's right that is what we're going to be talking about today but before we do you know what i think we should do Mm -hmm. i think we should do this at the start of every episode for season two i absolutely agree with you i think we should check in on our boy mike and see what he's been up to in a little segment that we like to call Breckenmeyer News. Hang on a second, you mispronounced <laughs> what? that. What do you mean? You said Breckenmeyer yes, News. Yes, that's what I said, Breckenmeyer News. No, we're talking Breaking Myers News. What did I say? Breckenmeyer. That's he's right. He's creator Brecken- of Robot Chicken. Breckenmeyer News. <laughs> oh, did he create Robot <laughs> Chicken? I think he's involved with the Robot Chicken fellas in some oh, way. I, I love those Robot Chicken Well, boys, okay, dude. we'll do a quick Breckenmeyer News. Breckenmeyer, <laughs> he's, um, he, there is rumour... That Breckenmeyer will return in the reboot of Rat Race. Are you serious? Yeah, it's called RuPaul's Rat Race. And it's, <laughs> it stars a lot of funny guys, such as Rowan Atkinson, John Cleese, Breckenmeyer, yeah. getting dressed up as ladies and rats. Now, that's really funny stuff. Uh, Thank you so much. I prepared that bit uh, <laughs> over seven years ago. I've been waiting to use it for a long time. Finally, it presented itself to me. Uh, some more up-and-coming uh, Breckenmeyer news is that he is... Been cast in an upcoming comedy drama called Changeland, written and directed by one of the robot chicken boys himself, Seth Green. Seth Green. Yeah, great. Scotty Don't. Great cast. Great cast lined up for this movie. Seth Green, Breckenmeyer, Macaulay Culkin, 
and some other people. Wow, a yeah. lot of former kids. Yeah, it's they really all started cool as children. Stuff. Those guys. It's really cool stuff. <laughs> Filming actually began in Thailand in June of last year. So they're probably having is, a lot of fun making. They're that. probably having a real blast with Changeland. Yeah. I? So that's Breckin' Mine news. <laughs> yeah. So that's our <laughs> segment, Breckin' Mine news. Let's kick into Breaking Myers news. <laughs> We've got three stories to cover on this first segment of Brecken, Bre- <laughs> of Breaking Myers News. Story number one, we are going to start in a bit of a sad place. Uh, tragically, we did lose Vern Troyer, best known for playing Mini-Me yeah. in the Austin Powers series of films. Uh, it's very sad. Mini-Me was, I think, one of the most iconic characters in comedy cinema yeah. uh, ever, I would say. Yeah, ever. It's, a, it's an iconic role. It's um, instantly everyone knows who he is when yeah. you say Vern Troy. He's a household name. Household name. And he's. I think that's a fabulous character. Really up the ante in those sequels. Yep. And that is due 100% to the commitment to an insane character that mm. Vern Troy did. It's a fabulous physical performance. It really is. Um, have you prepared a highlights reel? Uh, we've got a montage of some of Vern Troy's best scenes from the Mike Myers films. Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, Fern. We, we do truly miss you. That's really good stuff. Fern. I know that this is very silly and goofy podcast, but I, I'm serious right now. I do love Vern Troyer, and it's really sad to have seen you gone. Rest in peace, Fern. Now, let's move on to some more happy Breaking Myers news. Mm-hmm. The guy has made a freaking appearance as recently as this week yep. on late night television. Yeah, Mike Myers is basically a bit of a regular right now yeah. on the ABC series Jimmy Kimmel. He's a he's pretty much a cast member. Should we say it? Mike, Mike Myers, Myers is a cast member a of cast, Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's a cast member of Jimmy Kimmel Live. So now. who was he playing on this episode? It's a it's one of those famous Kimmel sketches where he's Standing on the monologue stage of Jimmy Kimmel Live. He's a famous comedian, best known as Man Show. And he he calls, <laughs> he does a little video conference call to a little guy known as... Uh, Dr. Harold Bornstein, who was Donald Trump's former doctor, who is uh, has been kind of fired and outed by the Trump administration. Um, well, not by yeah. He was he, he has come clear <laughs> that he did forge the letters yeah. and that were dictated to him by Donald Trump, saying yeah. that he was the most fit man to ever be president, <laughs> <laughs> which is a goldmine for comedy because just by the presence of Donald Trump, who's a known fat fuck, <laughs> you can tell that that could not be the case. Yeah, there's no way. Like, Obama way fitter. Mm. And I mean that in the British sense. The guy's hot. <laughs> the guy's a freaking babe. They might call him Obeba. Yeah, he's magically babelicious. Yeah. <laughs> in French, he would be called La Renard. And if he would he was be hunted a- with only his cunning to protect him. And if he was a president, they'd call him Abraham Lincoln. Hang on a sec. <laughs> The guy was a freaking president. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Mike Myers played Dr. Harold Bornstein Mm -hmm. in a conference call or a Skype call to Jimmy Kimmel's studio audience. And it was a classic Myers character. It was a brand brand new character, which is awesome. Brand new, but just had all the hallmarks of the ship we like about Mike. I mean... 
it's totally insane. He had catchphrases <laughs> yeah. and he was insane. And the, I think the way that this character looks, uh, Harold Bornstein, is a very, <laughs> I guess, uh, uh, I can't even describe, really, very Willie Nelson-esque yeah, looking kinda, guy. He kind of looks like he... Took a towel. He took some brown acid yeah. back in 1969 and woke up here <laughs> Today. in 2018. Yeah. He looks like nothing has changed since the 60s. Yeah. Long hair, big beard, yeah. crazy little round John Lennon spectacles, yeah, little glasses. Yeah, he's like a. He is a character already. To, so to see Mike put on a wig and beard yeah. and become this guy is awesome. This is a character that would not look out of place in Arrested Development or something yeah, like totally, that. Yeah, totally, totally. And uh, Mike is so funny as this character. Yeah, he his catchphrase that he keeps repeating is... Well, he keeps asking Jimmy how his health is, but it always comes back around to asking if Jimmy needs boner pills. Yeah. <laughs> and also, he keeps on changing the way he pronounces Jimmy names. Once once he calls him uh, Gymnasium, I think, yeah. like that. Jimothy. Jimothy. Gym membership. Gym membership. Jimmy Cakes. So funny. I, I thought that was such a funny touch. Really good. That was a really funny sketch. I, I hope to see him... Doing more and more of this stuff on mm. TV, and well, not he's... not necessarily just doing Doctor Evil again or whatever, yeah. but like new characters like this. Yeah, I mean, get the guy back on SNL. Get him back on SNL. I'm glad that he's moved over to ABC, so he, we don't have to watch Fallon. We can watch Kimmel. Yeah, sure. Doctor Evil is one of the funniest characters on Fallon right now. <laughs> but the guy Mike is appearing on all of the shows right now. Mm. Um, so I'm excited that he is part of the ABC family looking ahead to <laughs> Gong Show Season 2. You know what I hope happens? He appears on freaking Modern Family. Oh my God. If he plays a character yeah. on that show? Yeah. What if Modern Family, they do one ep with like, hey, we've got a new neighbor. Oh, it's me, fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something about that Modern Family? Yeah. They're pretty freaking wacky. Yeah, they're a little bit nutty. Not unlike Fat Bastard still. <laughs> <laughs> Some more good news. And this is... I can't even... I actually haven't really wrapped my brain around this yet. Yeah, I can't... I, this is insane to me, this one. We had another surprise appearance from Mike Myers in the media this week, or in the last couple of days even. And this is not from ABC or NBC or any big media yeah. outlet. This comes from the Instagram account of Crowded House alum, yep. Neil Finn. And this is basic... This news story is basically... A mic check photo come to life because yep. in most of the photos that we've posted to announce the episodes, I'm wearing a Crowded House t-shirt yep. because it's my favorite band ever. Neil Finn is one of my fucking heroes. Whoa. Yeah, I fucking love Neil Finn, man. Dude. He fucking rocks. Okay, no need to be so crass. Honestly, Neil Finn is a fucking ledge. Dude. He's a rock fuck star. <laughs> he is a fucking icon of Australian New Zealand music Industry. I say he's an icon of world music. He's a <laughs> <laughs> Neil Finn is a fucking world musician. Yeah, yeah. So what's the story here? This was a was this a Neil Finn gig? Yeah, this was a gig uh, at Largo, which is a bit of an iconic mm-hmm. uh, theater in comedy Los Angeles. Theater, lots of John Bryan puts on musical shows there all the time. I believe yep. Crowded House played there quite a bit when they were oh, still God. around. That's awesome. It's a real cool theatery comedy music vibe. Yeah, it's just it's alternative, alternative, and it's a it's a it's a place that celebrates great art. I would yeah. say. 
Fiona Apple start. got her start there, for example. Wow. As did Eugene Merman, etc. Like it's a crazy wow. spot. God, to be on that stage yeah, the first time Eugene Merman yeah. <laughs> came out <laughs> and sung his songs oh, and really dude. tore it up. Uh, okay, so this was a Neil Finn solo show at Largo. And he brought on some special guests to perform with mm-hmm. him. Guest number one, one of my favorite musicians yep. and a, a hero of mine, a man who told me that it's cool to wear hats again, yep. Mac DeMarco. Mac DeMarco is a great Canadian musician. Yeah. He's a bit of a fuck rock star. He's a bit of a stoner rock star. Yeah. And then, second special guest, another one of both of our favorite oh, musicians we love this here. Guy. Kieran J. Callanan, he's a, a Sydney boy. Sydney boy, local musician. Mm. I saw him open for Crowded House. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have met him a couple of times. I'm a big fan of this boy. This guy's great. So this already, for you and I, this is a cool video. Already I would watch this video. Yeah, if someone said, check out this video, it's Neil Finn, it's Mac, and it's Kieran J. Callanan. Yeah. I go, give me a look at this video. Then my second question would be, what song are they singing? And what song were they singing? They were singing BBC One, BBC mm. Two, BBC Three, and BBC who was Four. Singing? Was B- it hang Nick? on a second. Oh, BBC Five, BBC Six, BBC Seven, BBC Heaven. All right, BBC Peace. <laughs> and uh, who was singing the song? Was it Neil or was it Mac or Kieran? Who it was, was none other than Austin Powers himself. Holy freaking Myers! Shit. The the guy who is the titular Mike in Mike Check. <laughs> And we're the check, baby. Got up on stage and sang BBC with some of our musical heroes. Yeah. Crazy. And it was a closing song. That's how they Mike, ended the set. They ended the set of like three great musicians <laughs> by getting the guy that played fucking Austin Powers and wrote the song BBC <laughs> with his band Ming T, mm. aka The Bangles. <laughs> it's yeah, a secret dude. people don't really know about too yeah, much. Dude. Susanna Hoffs, dude. Yeah, it's pretty mm. awesome. So, yeah, that's Mike. Isn't that crazy that they could have ended with... Um, don't dream it's over. Don't dream it's over. <laughs> they could have played Weather With You, yeah. something. By the way, if you watch the Crowded House uh, live at the Opera House from 2016, mm. you can see me in the audience at approximately one hour and 57 minutes and 45 seconds uh, during Weather With You. So, so you've shared the screen with Neil Finn. I've shared the screen with Neil Finn before, yes. So this is, you have one degree of separation away from Mike Myers. Yeah. If you look up IMDB credits, <laughs> you'll see in my in my <laughs> <laughs> in mine, you see uh, <laughs> Crowded House Live at the Opera House 2015. Click yeah. on that. Then you can go to Associated Acts, Neil Finn, click on that. Then you can find um, Instagram video from <laughs> from from May 8th, 2018 and click on it. Then you'll find Mike Myers. Click on that. Wow. That's one degree of Kevin Bacon. The one degree of Kevin Bacon. Now, is that the official... Is that the official term? Yeah, exactly. When you're one degree away from someone, do you have to say, I'm one degree of Kevin Bacon? I'm one bacon away from him. <laughs> you bacon me crazy. Oh, man. God. This is so exciting. Guys, I, go on Neil Finn's Instagram and watch the video. It is so crazy to see. So, I, I'm in awe and shock of this. Yeah. Uh, Mike is going fucking crazy. He, it shows that he's still got it. He's performing his mm. heart out there and um, he's wearing a great shirt. It yep. says Canada on it. And it's got the Joy Division. It's a parody of the Joy Division. And uh, that's funny pleasures shit. Logo. I think yep. some of the funniest jokes are Joy Division parodies. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Hands yeah. down. So that's Breaking Myers News. Mm. Now into the main podcast, episode one of Mike Check, season two. We're kicking things off 
with the funny, sexy, cool movie known as The Blues Brothers. <laughs> John Belushi. You, how much for your wife? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. After the gig, uh, maybe we could, like, uh, hang out together. James Brown. I heard the sound in my car. Cab Calloway. Ray Charles. You, you know depreciation, man. Carrie Fisher. I must now kill you and your brother. Aretha Franklin. You're living with me now, and you're not gonna go sliding around with your old white woman friends. Henry Gibson. He better pray the police get to him before we do. And the Blues Brothers Band. Let's go, boys. The Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers, directed by John Landis, released in the year 1980, is the very first Saturday Night Live movie. Jake Blues is just out of jail and teams up with his brother Elwood on a mission from God to raise funds for the orphanage in which they grew up. The only thing they can do is do what they do best, play music. So they get their old band together and they're on their way. While getting in a little bit of trouble... Here and there. Wow, great synopsis. I think I did a great read of it as well. You did a really great read of that. Where did you pull that? Where did I learn to read? (laughs) Well, that too, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm self-taught. Interesting. So I made it up by based on watching the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. So if I look at the page right now, it's a blank screen. It's a blank screen and it's a photo of myself that I just took. No, it's from letterbox.com, which is um, a good website. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I, I love the web. <laughs> You're always surfing on the internet. I'm a surfer. But you know what? I had a Tim Winter novel should be written about my life. <laughs> there was a time in this world where there was no such thing as the internet. That was, time is, of course, mm, 1980. It was but a dream in the eye of Steve Jobs. So people had to do different things to entertain themselves back then. They had to honestly pull out the old guitar. The old two-string. Pull out the old drum kit. The old tubs. <laughs> Pull out that old rattling horn. And, and start just a band. give it a little blow into it. Shoot the cobwebs out and get the band back together. Get the freaking band back together and play some genuine rhythm and blues. Play some genuine <laughs> pony. <laughs> And that's exactly what these boys did. Yeah, they, of course, the Blues Brothers, the titular Blues Brothers, Mm. Joliet Jake Blues, Mm -hmm. who is played by Jonathan Belushi. (laughs) And Elwood Blues, who's played by Daniel Aykroyd. Daniel Aykroyd. (laughs) Daniel Aykroyd. Daniel Aykroyd and Jonathan Belushi. Who are two of the biggest heroes... Well, one bigger than the other. (laughs) (laughs) Of uh, SNL's storied history. That is true. So this is the first official SNL movie because freaking Juliet Jake himself, Belushi, had become a huge star one year prior to this with Animal House. Yes, which is also directed by... Jonathan Landis. That's right. right. So the only reason that SNL dipped their toes into the movie making Mm. arena in the first place is because John had become a big enough star that they decided we need to cash in on this shit. Yeah, we need to 
put our money where our mouth is and make a fucking talkie. Because when I think about SNL, the early years... The early years. SNL started sometime in the 1970s. <laughs> we have researched this very thoroughly. Yeah. And we know for a fact SNL started... In the 70s. In the, which is one of the most iconic eras in American, nay be it, world culture. When you hear 1970s, what do you think of? I think about large collars, bell-bottom jeans, Scorsese, drugs, alcohol, the dirty streets of New York City before, before Times Square became Disneyland. <laughs> Before an acid rain came along and really cleaned up those streets. <laughs> and washed the streets away. You know, I think about that kind of thing. Yeah. I think about shirtless guys standing in the mirror asking it questions whether it had been speaking to them. <laughs> you know what I think about? Yeah. I think about 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Oh, God. I think about 11 or so... Comedians and improvisers yep. who weren't quite ready for prime time. Oh, no, no, no. Given their own goddamn freaking show. And you know what I describe it as? I describe it as the, 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 the inmates running the asylum. <laughs> oh, my God. How can these guys be in the establishment known as TV? These guys are quite clearly anti establishment. <laughs> And they come from the mainly national lampoons, uh, <laughs> which was a radio show, also a mag. It started as a mag, yeah, and it became it evolved into another lost form, radio, and now it had turned into TV. So these yeah. guys are responsible with, for old media. Yeah, 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 yeah. These- if they were alive today, they'd probably have a podcast. <laughs> If who was alive? National Lampoon. National Lampoon. <laughs> National Lampoon and um, John Belushi. If they were together today, they'd yeah. probably do a podcast where they talk about, I don't know, who, Charlie Chaplin or some shit. <laughs> do you reckon, reckon, do you reckon uh, if, if Elwood... Welcome, sorry, if, yeah. if Ackroyd and Welcome Belushi... Welcome to Knott's Landing, where we see if Don Knott's landed a few jokes in one of his movies. <laughs> Do you reckon if Ackroyd and Belushi were on SNL now, mm. the Blues Brothers would have been a podcast rather than a movie? Oh, I think they would have been a rap duo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would have been rappers. Oh, the Rap Brothers. The Rap Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what they would be. Mm. For sure. That's awesome. So, Blues Brothers, if you're not familiar with them, they're the world's most famous cover band in history. <laughs> it's the weirdest uh, thing that these that these guys became big as the Blues Brothers because they were a hit before this movie came out. Yeah, and they're not... You, I, I hesitate to say they were from SNL sketches. No. Because they were kind of just a musical act that appeared on SNL with, yeah. like, Howard Shaw's band. Yeah, they were musical guests, and I think it's because... Howard Shaw, by the way, Academy Award winning <laughs> composer of the Lord of the Rings franchise. That's right. He was like the band leader and composer for SNL in the 1970s. And I picture Howard Shaw in the 70s, a full head of frizzy hair, yeah. smoking a doob backstage, thinking, I've got to really put some rocking shit on the airwaves tonight. <laughs> and Gandalf is but a dream in the guy's head at this point. He yeah. doesn't know anything about the world of Mordor that will be coming in his future. So let's talk a little bit about the history of the Blues Brothers, which you and I have... 
extensive. Rigorously <laughs> research. We got extensive knowledge on all things rhythm and blues. So, uh, famously, John Belushi was into death metal can and I, punk at Can the I just time. interrupt you? I think they should not have called them Jake and Elwood. They should have called them Rhythm and Blues. Can I so interrupt? Then they, one's name is Rhythm. Can I interrupt something? Ant. No, allow me finish. No, no I'm interrupting because you've interrupted and me. The, and I'm going to interrupt your blues. terrible okay, bit go ahead. and say that's a bad idea. Okay. Because Jake is a cool name. Yeah, okay. And what about Joylet? Jesus Christ. Are you blazed right now? Dude? I'm a little unstoned. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay, so Belushi was into metal and punk and mm-hmm. stuff. He thought blues was lame. Really? And then one night, Dan Aykroyd said, Brother, I'll show you some real shit. Come with me down to this old blues club. And they went and watched mm-hmm. John Lee Hooker play mm-hmm. the six-string guitar. And while he was jamming and growling out those songs, Belushi had a freaking awakening from the Whoa. audience. He said, this is the real shit. This is where... All the stuff I love came from. It's these wow. old classics. So he immediately said to Acro, we need to start a blues band. And who, Post haste. who else to turn to but Howard Shaw himself yeah. from The Lord of the Rings. So they yeah. put a little band together. <clears throat> and Howard Shaw is like... It's like, hang on, put a little no, 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 stank no, no, no. on that. A little stank on that. Let's put a, <laughs> yeah. put it on a Wurlitzer instead yeah. of some freaking strings and shit. Yeah. Uh, get some horns in there, Howie. Yeah. And then for some reason, Lorne said, you guys are great. You're going on TV. Putting you on the air. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Because it was just covers. Lorne just said, mm, funny stuff. It wasn't funny. I've seen the videos. They're Lorne's not funny. just like, right. <laughs> so- <laughs> They do the. They start appearing as a musical guest. Then they put out an album, a briefcase full mm-hmm. of blues, and it inexplic- inexplicably goes to number one in the charts. Oh my god! And I don't know why to this day because it was just the two cunts from SNL <laughs> singing old songs, old gospel and R and B songs. It makes no sense that it would go to number one. Yeah, there was number one album today. Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> <laughs> And Fred Armisen play old standards. <laughs> that would never happen that today. Could not happen. That's what the seventies was like, though. Things were a bit mm. wacky. People were strange back then. Mm. People are strange when you're a stranger. Gosh, to be a fly on the wall of SNL. Yeah, man. What do you reckon you'd see? Oh, probably a lot of coke being snorted up. <laughs> you'd really see. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
people like Chevy Chase falling over. Yeah. And then Lorne will go like, hmm, let's put that on the air. Yeah. Then you go into another room. There's Jane Curtin there. What's she doing? She's um reading like she's, today's sketches. Yeah. She's studious. She's, she's getting ready yeah. for it. Go into like another room. It's Gilda. What's she doing? She's um rehearsing a new character. Okay. She's got glasses on, putting on a big wig. Okay, she's coming up with um with that character. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, character that character that she plays iconically on yeah. Weekend Updates. Yeah, that famous character that we know. We just know that character know so, so well. well that and iconic character. It's iconic and everyone it's knows so, it. We know it. It's inspired iconic. so many people and so many great women to get into yeah. comedy. So and then we, so important, of course. It's really and, you know, important. we know, we all know all the that. character. We know all about that. <laughs> Obviously, we know everything about SNL. You yeah, know? and then we go down the hallway. Uh, who Garrett Morris is there? What's he rehearsing? Oh, he's he's trying to figure out who he even is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's doing that. Trying to write that Ant Man sketch. He's trying to figure out what he's doing there. Yeah. Uh, we go down another another corner. Um, who who else would be there? Uh, Probably none other than. Yeah. A lot of comedians getting their start <laughs> in the industry on TV, which is so exciting. And it's so exciting to see that this is the first movie from SNL because it's such a big movie. It's huge. And dare I say it, this might be a film because this is mm-hmm. uh, insane. Like the way that John Lannis has filmed this, mm. I think it's a very good looking comedy. It's got some yep. amazing set pieces. And <clears throat> I, what I noticed on this rewatch, I hadn't seen this movie in many years. It's got wonderful lighting, which just really kind of surprised me a lot. It's got a great glowing feeling and it creates something very special. I'm glad you've complimented the movie because it famously went so over budget mm. that it was the most expensive comedy ever made for a very long time. Oh, that does not surprise me. <laughs> this film is it. pretty insane. There's some insane stunt sequences where the yep. boys basically rip apart a walking mall with mm-hmm. their car, the Bluesmobile. It also uh, had the record for the most cars destroyed on film, and yeah. that was only surpassed in 1998 <gasps> by its own second. sequel. <laughs> the Blues Brothers 2000? Yeah, that's what one thing we got to look forward to, is to see more cars get trashed. Oh, God, I can't wait to talk about... My favourite movie of all time, The Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> Here's a fun fact about Belushi for you. At the time that this movie came out, he was in the top grossing film of the year, the top grossing TV show of the year, and had a number one album with briefcase full of blues. Dare I say it? <laughs> Dare you say is it? Is this guy the Donald Glover of his time? This guy was the childish Gambino <laughs> of the 1970s and yeah, 80s. That's exactly what he was like. Because I've, I mean, I've mentioned it earlier on this mm. podcast, but Donald Glover can do anything. The guy does stand up. The guy does music. Mm-hmm. The guy does writing comedy show. <laughs> He does direct the same comedy show. Yeah. And he is in movie Star Wars Solo. Play Lando. If if uh, if Belushi was around now, maybe he'd be doing all those things. Maybe he'd be playing Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about John Landis as the director of this movie. Uh, oh my God. John Landis, he's one of those guys that's a big influence on me mm. as... Um, a filmmaker. I don't know if you know this. I make short films. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did know that actually. Awesome. Uh, John Landis. I think he he's just one of those guys. I think elevated comedy 
to cinema. Mm. I think in the 1980s and the end of the 70s, there was nobody really quite like him making as many great comedy films that did feel worthy of being on the big screen as well. Mm. Uh, I'll read you a, a, a crazy run of films that this guy had back in the 70s. Uh, 1977, he makes his big... Big, big debut. Uh, he'd made a film before that called Schlock, but in 1977, he makes a bit of an impact of the film, The Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, which yeah. Which is a bit of a cult classic, an important film mm-hmm. as far as cinema <coughs> comedy goes. But a year later, 1978, he makes Animal House. We're going to have to watch that one, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that movie changed it all. That's a movie that cashed in on Belushi's SNL success to be mm. the big hit that it was. So we're going to have to watch that one. 1980, The Blues Brothers. 1981, mm. An American Wealth in London. Great. 1983, Trading Places. Wow, another SNL movie. Another SNL Eddie movie. Eddie and Aykroyd in it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the year after, uh, same year he made Twilight Zone, the movie, where... <laughs> Things took a turn for the dark. <laughs> I would say that. It's a very tragic, tragic story. What happened? <laughs> Tragically, it's not funny at all. No, it's not. It's only, it's only funny in the context because I was saying how great he was and what a great run of films he had. And then we get to Twilight Zone, the movie, which, um, which um, tragically is one of the most tarnished films in history. What do you mean? Well, Explain unfortunately, it. there was an incident on the movie uh, that results in the death of three people, two Oh no! Okay. <laughs> there was the death of two, two, three people, two of them being children. Oh my god! So it's it's disturbing. Oh my god! Uh, because there were not safeties put into place during the making of that film. Yeah, the helicopter did uh, blow up, and tragedy did happen. But oh. because of it. Now, uh, the safety laws are in place in cinema that were not there before. Oh, you are sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating. I make my money day by day as an assistant director mm. whose main job is to make sure shit like that don't happen. Your job and is to make sure helicopters do not explode. Yes. The first day on job in AD, they give you um, the movie Twilight Zone on Blu-ray DVD. <laughs> and you're meant to take notes. And after, they go, did you like the movie? And I say, yes. And they say... Well, read this. <laughs> then they link you to the wiki article. They link you to a Wikipedia page that says <laughs> the tragedy did happen on that movie. And then it makes you hate the movie. But then after that, he got back on track and uh, <laughs> he made Spies Like Us, which is a film I've never seen. Three Amigos coming to America. That's just the 80s. His films in the 80s. So pretty insane filmography really defined what comedy was in yeah. that era. He, um, I've barely seen any of those movies, by the way. Really? Wow, yeah. we're going to have a great time watching them. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Three Amigos. I didn't even know that was John Landis. Have I, you seen American Wealth in London? Never. Maybe know my, it's your favorite my movie. favorite movie. It's in my top four fa- favorite films of all time. Let's go through those top four. American Wealth in London. Yeah. Saturday Night Fever. Okay, Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night... It's based on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> the experiences of what it's like to go out after watching SNL. <laughs> <laughs> what you do it's what you do after you've watched SNL. <laughs> you go, God, I'm so pumped up from that Blues Brothers performance. I need yeah. to hit the disco decker. I need to go get laid by the nanny at a disco. <laughs> uh, and then I would say Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Yep. Starring uh, Mike Myers as Doctor Evil and Austin Powers. <laughs> then I would say Wayne's World. Oh, wow. Starring Mike Myers as Wayne and Garth. <laughs> played by, by Dana Carvey, who are two famous SNL alumni. Yeah, you have a lot of SNL in your top four. Yeah, two movies and one inspired by SNL. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this movie was written by Aykroyd mm. himself, Dan Aykroyd. Daniel Aykroyd. Here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that he'd never written a screenplay before? Wow. And so instead of submitting a screenplay because he didn't know what one was, mm. he'd never even read one, he submitted a 324... 324- <laughs> Tome that was what? written in free verse, like a novel. Oh my god! That explained the backstory of the Blues Brothers and a detailed biography of every band member, and oh didn't have any my story. God, <laughs> I did not know that at all. And so John Landis was given this book that was the size of a phone book, allegedly, yeah. and just had to go through it in two weeks. They'd already they were already in pre production. What? How does it get greenlit from a guy going insane on paper? <laughs> because it was they were such huge stars, and that people there was oh a bidding God. war for this movie before there was even a treatment. People just wanted to cash in on that Belushi success. So then Landis like gets this fucking three hundred and twenty Silmarillion of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> And goes, Jesus fucking Christ, i got to do something with this. And he, in two weeks, edits it down to some kind of workable screenplay mm. story, taking elements from all over yeah. this tome and put, turning it into a road movie, essentially. Yeah. But that's uh, that's crazy. That's insane, and it does show. Like, the movie is an insane film. It's so long. Because it's a long-ass movie. It's like two mm. hours and ten minutes long. Yep. Uh, I think if it weren't for the musical element and the sketch comedy element... Musical element! <laughs> musical elements! Aretha Franklin! <laughs> yeah, if it weren't for the musical elements and the sketch comedy, it would be It would a be a mess. disaster of a film. Because be a fucking mess. It's just so bizarre. The plot begins very slowly mm. uh, with... Joliet Jake Blues being released from prison and it this movie the first 10 minutes or 7 minutes or so are almost painfully slow until we get to our first gag it feels deliberate doesn't oh, it oh it feels deliberate I mean but that was the pacing back in the day oh in the 70s things were people were a little more freewheeling mm, people were a little bit more freewheeling Nelson <laughs> People, there was a little more free love. Oh, you're telling me. Yeah. Actually, a little more paid love in New York City. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, before Mayor Rudolph Giuliani came into power, <laughs> crime was rampant. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, no one would do anything for free then. I'd do anything for a buck, though. <laughs> I'd even fuck for a buck, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! Yeah, so let's talk about the musical elements then, because you're right; they really do stretch, like stitch this movie together. Mm, yeah. If it weren't for those set piece songs, this would it, what would even this be? It would be just fucking dude, where's my car? Yeah, it would basically be that because it's them. They go. They Joliet gets out of prison. Uh, the first gag is him with Frank Oz, and it's oh, yeah. not dissimilar from our, one of our favorite scenes in yeah. Austin Powers, where he's being released from prison and receiving a list of his. Old, uh, old belongings that he came in with. Yeah, the things that were confiscated before going into prison. And there's no Swedish-made penis pump. No, but there is something a little similar to a that. Lo- something uh, he has one. What's the gag? One prophylactic, unused, unused. One prophylactic, extremely used. <laughs> <laughs> the word that he uses is soiled. Mm. But I would love it if he went one prophylactic. Chock full of cum. <laughs> one one prophylactic that's been shagged the hell out of. 
That's a pretty funny scene. I do like that. It's that, great. That's the first gag in the movie. Frank Oz, best known as Miss Piggy, best known as Yoda from Star Wars. Yep. Best I known mean, as the director of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And Score, starring <laughs> Marlon Brando, Robert De Niro, and Ed Norton. Really? Yeah, he directed, he directed that. directed that? Yeah, man. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> man, the guy can do anything. He's basically the Donald Glover of, of puppets and directing and making cameos in John Landis movies. Yeah, he has got a real Donald Glover vibe, actually. Yeah, he's got it all, man. Uh, and then the movie pretty much begins in earnest with yep. the Blues Brothers deciding to get the band back together yep. to raise $10,000 to save the orphanage that they were raised in before it gets knocked down or bought out by the government yep. or something like that. They owe 5000 bucks <clears throat> in tax. Yeah, Which back like in the 70s, that was a lot of moolah. How much money was $5,000 in the 70s? It was $5,000, but the exchange rate was much different back then. Really? So it'll probably be equal to, I don't know, $7 million or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, but the movie is, of course, peppered with musical numbers, especially when they're getting their band back together. Mm-hmm. My, Let's go through a couple of them that I love. Yep. Uh, let's go through... Well, the first main, the big set piece yep. one would have to be when they go to get Matt Murphy, mm-hmm. the guitarist from an old shit diner. <laughs> oh, Greasy Spoon, oh, greasy if you will. Greasy Spoon somewhere in... In Chicago somewhere or wherever. Somewhere in Chi-Town. Yeah, he goes down there... <laughs> And they order strange things off the menu. They order dry toast. They order a whole fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And who are they giving the order to? None other than the diva herself, Aretha Franklin, mm. one of the greatest singers of all time. The godmother of soul. Uh, she's amazing. She's one of the best singers of she's all time. She's got an incredible set of pipes, this yeah. woman. And she's pretty good at acting, too. She's, dare I say it, she's the Donald Glover of... Uh, of the 70s. Of the 70s. <laughs> he could totally be the Donald Glover back in yeah, the day. Yeah, she, if she really did more movies and had a TV show, mm. I would definitely say that she's I would she's say that Donald she's Donald Glover. She did stand up, sure. <laughs> Aretha Franklin never even fucking gave it a shot. No, no. Aretha no. Franklin didn't even try one open mic. She didn't give a shit though, dude. She's she killing it. Honestly, as a singer. she didn't need it. She was quite well known as a singer. <laughs> That's a, and they, uh, she sings "Think" to her husband. Yeah. As he, you know, he says he wants to go rejoin the band, and she's yeah. like, "Hey, you better think." But she says it in song. You better think. And uh, it's iconic. I, I love that scene. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie. It's my favorite musical <clears throat> number in the film, for sure. It's your favorite song. It probably is one of my favorite songs, <laughs> but that exact rendition from yeah. the Blues Brothers soundtrack, I think, is some of her best vocal work because hmm. it's fun. I mean, sure, she has a b- even bigger range than that, but I think she the way she sings it is so powerful and fun. Mm. And just, you know, it's just great. It's got a great <laughs> little uh, bounce to it. Yeah, you were really bopping along on the yeah, lounge. Yeah, I was. I reckon that's my favorite rendition of it. (laughs) You doing that, which you've been doing nonstop since the movie finished. Another classic would be when they go to maybe buy some instruments from Mm. a shop called Ray's Musical Goods. Now, who could Ray be? Ray Romano? Could it be? Hey, me, Raymond. I'm Raymond, Deborah. Why am I in this movie? <laughs> Raymond Romano, who we think will win an Oscar within yeah. the next five years. We do. We did declare that. Yeah. I do declare Ray Romano Oscar winner future. But this was not Ray Romano. No. Nor was it Ray Barone, his character from Everybody Loves Raymond. Nor was it Rayman. No. No. The famous video character with no arms or legs, yet he does have feet and gloves. Nor was it Ray of Light, the single by Madonna. <laughs> but it was, in fact, 
Raymond Charles. Ray Charles, best known as being played by Jamie Foxx in the film <laughs> Ray. And do I declare it Jamie Foxx, Donald Glover of the 2000s? <laughs> the guy won an Oscar nominated for others. He was a stand-up comedian. He also had a hit song with Kanye West, oh, Gold Digger. I'm sure he, he won a Grammy. I'm sure he, he won a Grammy. He must have won a Grammy. He's, he could EGOT. He know? could EGOT. He had a hot show. He was on TV and doing stand-up, I guess. Yeah, dude. He could EGOT for sure. Um, okay, they say, and Ray sings Shake a Tail Feather, and that's, oh. I think, the best sequence in the movie. Uh, it's great. So funny. It's, it's a great so, song. It's a huge sequence as well. I forgot how big it was and how colourful it, it was. It goes all over freaking downtown Chi-Town. Yeah, it's great. You see the outside, which is an amazing, colourful mural painted, and it's got probably about like 50 dancers dancing yeah. to it outside. It's beautiful. Incredible. Beautiful sequence. Um, some other, there's a lot in this movie, but there's two more that I think are the best two. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, when they sing the theme from Rawhide. Yep, that's in a country and western country bar. Country and western bar, which is a, a pretty fucking iconic scene. And anytime anyone goes to a shit gig somewhere, um, I think of that. Whenever mm. I know I have to drive out to the sticks to do yeah. some terrible comedy gig, I pitch a chicken wire on yeah, the stage. just so you don't get hit by bottles. I think it's <laughs> yeah. so funny when the balls are being tossed at them on stage, even when they're doing well, yeah. and just intermittently while they're talking <laughs> through their set list and stuff, how they should change it up to please the audience. It's great. Now, uh, this final one that I want to mention is one that you strongly reacted to, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And that is when Cab Calloway joins the band on stage to sing Minnie the Moocher. Oh, so good. <clears throat> you lit up. I lit up, not unlike the stage that Cab Calloway yeah. was on. I think it's just a fun moment that is transportive in the way that classical musicals are. Because right. the rest of this movie is quite a grounded musical. Sure, there's moments where we start going more heightened until we get into that mo, that magical uh, musical... What did I used to call it? Merm. Merm. Musically enhanced reality <laughs> mode. And that's when the performances start getting more <laughs> enhanced and heightened until they break out into song. I yeah. think Think is a really good example of that and Shake Your Tail Feather is a really good example of that. But this is more classical musical where there's a transformative moment mm. where he goes out onto the stage with the band he's no longer wearing his black his classical blues brothers black suit yep. and glasses and hat he's now in a beautiful perfect white suit with tails on it yeah like a 1930 uh 1930s style suit yeah um and then he's got slicked back hair now mm-hmm. no glasses and then the stage is gorgeous. It looks like a million dollar production <laughs> with all these amazing lights and a huge backdrop of a city. Uh, it just looks so great. And I think that's something more in the vein of uh, your classical 1930s musicals like Gold Diggers of 1933. Oh, great reference. Yes, Bugsby Berkeley. It's a very baby. Bugsby Berkeley inspired Berkeley. set. Um, I have a question. If they made this movie now, mm. do you think that Cab Calloway's name would have to be Uber Calloway? Um, <laughs> honestly, for the kids to get it, props. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. probably. Yeah. And that's such a funny as fuck little bit that you just Thanks, did. Man. Honestly. Thanks, man. You should be so proud. Thanks, dude. Because yeah. that's um, one of the funniest pieces of shit I've ever heard in my life. I'm cacking. I'm crying. I've had it up to here with it. It's so funny. I'm jealous I didn't say it. Oh, I'm so sorry, It's so man. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the kind of fun that Dan and John would have been having on set. They would have 
second. We are not unlike those two. Yeah, I'm more like John because I'm the wild man. And I'm more like Dan Aykroyd because he's got a, a big forehead and big nose. <laughs> Did you know that they apparently had a cocaine budget for this movie? Oh, it would not surprise me. <laughs> those guys love to put it away. There's some, uh, there's some story, famous story, that because Belushi was like partying all the mm. time, they put aside a certain amount of film budget mm. for booze and cocaine and they wow. built a purpose-built bar for him like on one oh of the sets God. that only the crew and cast could drink at. Yeah. So he would just be there all the time between filming, just doing fucking lines of blow and just down in whiskey. God, that's, he, he, he <coughs> was a candle that burned far too bright. He certainly was, yeah. But it would have been cool to see what he was doing if he was still around now like maybe he'd be the old man in a sitcom yeah maybe <laughs> according to john yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe jim belushi's career never would have happened yeah if we didn't lose johnny boy jeez that's really sad but he's honestly john belushi's one of my heroes and i get i've seen mm. most if not all the movies he starred in yeah and i because i just went through a phase as a teenager just really going through them so i just really connected with yeah. him you've said this to me before i I want to know why I want to get to the bottom of it why what is it about John Belushi that you are drawn to I think there's an energy and spontaneity about him and there's a thing about him that I think is quite unique where he looks like he's capable of anything but it doesn't feel dangerous in a in a way at all you know what I mean like I think if you just think about him like, oh, there's a danger about him. But when you watch him, you're like, you feel like you're in the safest hands yeah, ever. It's like a teddy bear. He's just, I, I think he just has a unique energy and essence in comedy that no one has been able to really capture. And no one ever could mm. because tragically... We did lose him. We did lose John Belushi in the 80s. In the 80s. Yeah. Um, the 80s were a hell of a decade. I mean, I can't wait to get to it. I mean, this movie's from 1980. This movie's so from we're, we're kind of in it, but Technically, it was made probably in the 70s. It's a product of the 70s. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of people say that um, it takes a few years for a decade to really start, so probably we're not going to really talk about the 80s till 1984 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. I think the 60s didn't start till 1968. <laughs> and then they really got going a year later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ackroyd, I don't know if you remember this, but he kind of tried to cash in on the success of Blues Brothers multiple times throughout yeah, his like career. Yeah, like Blues Brothers 2000. Well, before that, that even, like he kept the band going after mm. Belushi died and used to tour as the Blues Brothers and stuff. And did you, I don't know if you know this, did you ever see that shitty sitcom that he had in the 90s before Blues Brothers 2000? What was it called? Okay, this is one of my favourite bits of uh, I've seen probably YouTube clips of it. I just can't remember anything about it. So, I think it was, I looked it up before, two years before Mm. uh, fucking Blues Brothers 2000 came out. 1996. 1996. For you both like at home. (laughs) 1996. He had a sitcom that lasted, I think... 24 episodes mm. and it was like a season uh, of 24 yeah and it was um it was called soul man what the and in the show he played a reverend yeah who was also an old blues musician yeah. type dude who lived in the suburbs with of chicago or some shit yeah. with like his kids his wife had died and uh, he mm-hmm. like played in a band, but he also preached yeah. and had to put up with wacky neighbors. And this show, Soul Man, came about because 
uh, he was a character who appeared on Home Improvement first Whoa. as a backdoor pilot for this oh, character. Oh, I love backdoor pilots. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I love backdoor pilots. I knew pilots. you'd love this shit. It's so lame. Like, so this character, whatever his name was, Reverend Blub, Reverend Ackroyd, yeah. uh, appeared on Home Improvement and they were doing up his church or some shit. Oh, they were, like, my god, Renovating his church. So then the character was a hit, I guess, and they made this show... <laughs> And in the first episode, Al from Home Improvement is in it. Yeah. And then I think in a later episode, one of Tim the Toolman Taylor's kids is in it yeah. and shit as like... JTT's going, probably yeah, just like, probably going, like... Going to like going Sunday to school or something. You see a confession <laughs> yeah. of JTT. But it was such a like him trying to remind people that he was a involved in blues and yeah. shit. Because I remember, I remember the theme song was... His cover of Soul Man. Wow. And um, not from the movie. He just did it by himself. Just did it, and then it was, uh, you know, in this in the movie, he was always playing the harp and yeah. stuff like that, and like joining session Harps, bands, and like shit. the the mouth harp, the mouth organ, not, not the <laughs> not the instrument played by little little cherubs, <laughs> not the cherub instrument. Although he was looking a bit cherubic himself mm. at this era. Mm. And then that was obviously a bit of a shit show that didn't go any further. But a year after that, he was like, well, I, I guess I'm just doing Blues Brothers again. Yeah, I'm, you forced my hand. Yeah, you forced my I'm hand. I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. No one's buying this priest character. I can't wait for Blues, Blues Brothers 3000 to come out. Yeah, dude. Another millennia. That's yeah. going to be the best. Can't wait. That's um, that's crazy. Because Dan Aykroyd, I think, um, he's really well known for being wacky more than a comedian now. I don't even think of him as funny. No, because I just think of him as a guy that invented Crystal Head Vodka and believes yep. in aliens. And... Weirdly, another weird screenplay story is that his original script for Ghostbusters was like insane, twice as long, and yeah. had all these like multiple dimensions yeah. and heaps of accurate detail about spectral visitations mm. and stuff. And whoever the fuck was that, Ivan Reitman? Yeah, Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman was like, "This is unworkable. What yeah. the fuck are you doing? Make this more funny yeah. and interesting, please." He's um, a lunatic. Yeah, but he's great. He's one of the SNL alums that we're celebrating on Mike Check Season 2. <laughs> That's true. And this was the first SNL movie. And I have a question for you. I have two questions for Okay, you. question number one. Sock it to me. Did this movie make you horny? Um, Yeah, you know what? I think this movie made me horny for really? sure. Yeah. Which sequence? Um, The Cab Calloway sequence yeah. I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. I think the... I think that was great. It just made me horny for history because I think it's okay. just like, this is such a tome itself into yeah. where comedy that we're into really did start. Totally, dude. Because it's got so many iconic little characters and cameos in it. Carrie Fisher's in this movie playing mm. the ex-girlfriend, ex-fiance well, of You've just John Belushi. onto uh, why this movie made me horny. Really? I've never been a huge Carrie Fisher um, fan. I don't know Star Wars all that much, mm-hmm. so she's not like an iconic person to me the yep. way that she might be to you. Uh, in my nerd culture. You might view her as your princess. Yes. But for me, growing up watching this movie, this is who Carrie Fisher yeah. is to me. And so that sequence where she's holding that bazooka and she's in the sewerage, yeah. I mean... Aye, aye, aye. This is a hot mama. I want to yeah. smooch her right on the lips. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. And, um, of course, she's also best known as playing the therapist in Austin Powers' <laughs> yeah. 
the international man of mystery. That's right. And also Charles Napier is in both of those films Another as well. Another SNL. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, sorry, Austin Powers. Austin Powers alum. alum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he graduated from the School of Powers. He, of course, plays the general yeah. in uh, Austin Powers. In all, I think, a few of the Austin Powers I mean, movies, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays a guy that's on the phone at the start of the Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Feed my fish. Yeah. Not too much. That's one of his iconic lines. Very, very funny. Um, uh, my second question for you yeah. is, do you think... And I'm going to ask this after all of them. Yes. Well, you can ask me. Sometimes we'll switch it up. Do you think this is the best SNL movie ever made? Um, I think this is a strong contender for it. Okay. I absolutely do. I think it's going to take a lot for me to push Wayne's World out of the top spots. Yeah. I think that movie, I've gone on the record on this podcast many times saying, I truly believe that is a movie that is an unsung masterpiece. The only person singing it is me. <laughs> well, I guess it's, it's maybe too soon to tell. We do have some other mm. great... SNL-related movies coming up, including Dirty Work and Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. So oh. one of those could knock it <laughs> one of those, off. One of those could knock it out. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure knocking one out with you again today. Oh, I'd love to knock another one out with you soon. <laughs> we probably will. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us on the first episode of Mike Check Season 2, The Deuce Man, where we will be talking about all things SNL movie-related. We're going to talk about a few of the best ofs as well. I can't wait to do those. Uh-huh. We've got a bit of a plan with this season where we will be kind of getting a bigger historical insight to find out who the messiahs before Mike really were. And also, we are going to be touching in on Mike every now and then. We have yeah. Terminal coming out, which we're currently in the midst of wrangling ourselves a screening of. Of, because it does come out in the States, like, immediately as we're recording this. Yep. But there is not much going with it in Australia. There's one screening that we've discovered, but it's nowhere near where we are. It's in Brisbane, I believe. So Then we are on a mission from God, <laughs> so we shall see. We're on a mission from God to get to that screening in Brisbane. If anyone else is in Brisbane or around that area, try and get tickets to Terminal. I think it's on MonsterFest. It's that MonsterFest traveling sideshow, which is uh, one of my favorite film festivals is MonsterFest. Yeah. They're a great company that distribute a lot of great kind of monster movies, horror films, cult cinema or future cult cinema mm-hmm. here in Australia. They're a local distributor. And they do really great work. They do high-end Blu-rays as well uh, of great films. This is not a paid plug. Just begging them to get us there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else can I tell and you And that's on do? May the 26th, I believe. Yeah, yeah May right. 26th. So it check is. that out there. You'll be the first people in the country to see Terminal. And hopefully we're up there with you. That's and if we are, say hey. Happen. We'll be obviously dressed in character wearing our hats to see a new <laughs> Mike Myers movie on the big screen. And we will be... Obviously very recognisable because we'll be the only people screaming every time Mike is on it's screen. Mike. <laughs> it's Mike. Um, also, you can chat to us on Twitter at MikeCheckPod. You can talk to us individually. I'm at I am Cameron James on Twitter and Instagram. And you are? At This Is Alexi on Twitter and Instagram as well. We've also rebooted a brand new podcast. It's called Total Reboot with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos. It's a movie chat podcast where two funny fellas go through... Reboots, remakes, and rip-offs in cinema history to see if they are Shagadelic Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and right now we are in the midst of a very special mini-series of Star Wars to celebrate the release of the Childish Gambino movie Solo <laughs> coming out later this month. Uh, so we're starting at the very, very beginning mm-hmm. where Star Wars began. 
as a Kira Kurosawa movie called The Hidden Fortress that George Lucas decided to remake with monsters in space. If you are a movie nerd, you will love this podcast. So subscribe mm. and listen and engage with us on the internet. Yeah, you can find that on iTunes. It'll also be in the show notes for this episode. So it's just a little tap away. Um, we are back. We're regular. So please Keep on giving us them five stars Yeah, baby. On Give us five stars on iTunes. And how would you like them to let it be known on iTunes that this is a five-star one? Uh, you can recommend a specific actor-based spin-off pod, which we are going to be doing. An example of that would be... Have you got any examples, Lex? This one comes from... Rubinator1991. The podcast is called... I Don't Be Levitt with Cameron James and Lexi Toliopoulos, a podcast about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's a real good that's one. That's pretty good. Yeah, Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. He starred in that TV show. Ten things I love about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay, number one. He's cool. And number 10 is he dances. And you can hear the rest <laughs> when we do I Don't Be Levitt. Guys, thank you mm. for joining us. And... Might I say, it's good to be back, baby. It's good to be back in the MCR. Love you guys. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast that Mike Myers. And to be clear. Maybe just go through the actual SNL official movies. Oh, okay. This is going to be tricky because uh, I haven't really organized them as such. Give me one sec. Yeah, just yeah, just get up on yeah. Wiki and I'll just go. I know how to get it up, dude. <laughs> okay. What's a little blue pill you're taking? <laughs> just don't worry about it, man. I'm about to get it up. Get Saturday it up, night, like, baby, get feature it Feature films. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.